Hey, Yasley. Hey, Brooke. I want to tell everyone what's happening in today's episode. Today, we are welcoming ourselves back to oh. season two. Welcome, Kelsey. Oh, lovely. Oh, nice to see you again. We're actually shaking hands. <laughs> Isn't that how you greet people? Not during COVID, Brooke. <laughs> oh. Elbow bump. <laughs> I'm within six feet of you for much longer than three seconds. I think we can shake it. Yep. Hello, and welcome to Remedial Her Story, The Other 50%, the podcast that explores what happened to the women in history class. Now, here's your host, Kelsey Brooke Eckert, and her partner in crime, Brooke Neva Sullivan. Season two, really year two, episode one. Brooke, we are back. We're back. Yes. We are back. We should tell people, remind people who we are. Who are you? I am your friend. Yes. <laughs> but I'm also a mother and I work in HR, human resources, for those who don't know the acronym. I live locally yeah. and I love women's history. Yay. And you're like a hardcore feminist. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty aggressive. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah, your poor sons wear yeah. a lot of feminist shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they look so cute in RBG. Yeah, they do. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not saying yeah. stop. I do like when they wear their on Wednesdays. We take down the patriarchy and take care. Yes, yeah. I'm sure the daycare ladies love that. I don't know what they think of it, to be honest. My name's Kelsey, and I am now, I used to be a high school history teacher, and now I am a professor of social studies education. Mm. And so I haven't left the world entirely. My life is still entirely dedicated to secondary education um, and making sure that it is awesome. So um, I came to this project through my experience being a high school history teacher and being like, I don't know anything about women's history, yeah. and yet I'm supposed to teach it. This is like really messed up. Um, so I've spent uh, the you know last five or so years researching why women's history isn't in the curriculum. Right. Um, what are what are the things that are holding it back? Um, this past summer, I was invited to be the keynote speaker for cool. the National Women's <clears throat> History Museum, and basically the gist of the talk was: What are the barriers? What's the problem? Yeah, and like why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? And what are we going to do about it? And so it's, it was a really wonderful pr professional experience and personal experience just to like do that and be with those people. Yeah. So I'm involved with the um, Council for Social Studies. You here. also were Teacher of the Year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple times. Um, but that's not like... And that's, <laughs> oh, casual. Yeah, that happens. That happens to people sometimes. <laughs> who are baller. <laughs> no. uh, people who... People who apply. That's <laughs> okay, good. The Remedial History Project is a nonprofit working to get women's history into the K-12 curriculum. To help us meet our goal, we produce media, lesson plans, and so much more. Check it out on our website, www.remedialherstory.com. The Remedial History Project is funded through grants and by listeners like you. Please head over to patreon.com and become a supporter of the Remedial History Project. You too can help us reform education and allow women to be seen, heard, and complicated. In particular, funds from patrons added from here on out will help us launch a crash course YouTube channel on women's history. 
we will be producing short 10-minute videos that educators can play in their classes telling women's history from era to era for both U.S. and world history. Let's make history together. How'd you come up with remedial history? Oh yeah. So remedial history, this was, well, I was, I was writing a book, um, about why women's history wasn't in the curriculum and, and how to get it in. And actually my husband was like, you know what, you need to test this, this book out in some way. And so he was like, you should do a podcast. And then you and I happened to be skinny dipping yes. that night. And we was- had a, we have a mom's group that we were quarantined for too long and we had to bust out. Yep. And things got crazy. And we forgot our bathing suits. <laughs> so that's where we were at. And that's how it started. And I basically was like, Brooke, I'm going to try this podcast thing. I don't know. Do you want in? And you joined me. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll follow you to fire. Where are we going? <laughs> and six months later, we founded a nonprofit. And we've been kind of like all out for a year, which yep. is awesome. We have an international nonprofit. Yes. There's lesson plans galore. Galore. We have received grants. It's been pretty wild. Yeah. So we found a nonprofit. It's called the Remedial History Project. And our mission is to get women's history into the K-12 curriculum for our international folks. That's primary and secondary ed. And I'm realizing K to 12 is not a universal term. Good to know. Um, Good to know. So, yeah. Anyway, so I, so that is our mission. I'm realizing because we had an uh, educators summer retreat, a conference for yes, educators. Yes, we brought all of the remedial history nerds together. Yep. It was awesome. But one thing that I took away from that conference is that people don't realize how much we have on our website. Yep. So many people came and said, I don't know, like, how do you do it? What are the tools? Where are the resources? Like, they were starting from scratch. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for five years. Like, <laughs> like please use my tools and don't reinvent the wheel. Right. And, and take it, make it better. I it's know, all there for you. It's all there for you. And it's backed by, <laughs> you know, historians that are on our board. Oh, but you forgot. It's free. It's free. Everything is free that's on our website. That's a huge piece of our mission. We want we want women's history in the curriculum yesterday. And I have yeah. like very little patience for Same. the excuse anymore because there are too many tools out there. And and we're also teaching teachers how to do what we're doing so right. that there's more people taking action and, and making this making this happen. I want to plug for a second because I think some people are like, well, it just, it doesn't really apply. It doesn't really fit in what I already do. Um, You know, some of the pushback we got at our retreat was, you know, I already, I already have a packed curriculum. Like how am I supposed to? And that's a common theme among educators. I don't think I ever once finished a school year and and was like, yeah, I taught everything I wanted to teach. Solid. So so how do you how do you add women, right? Yeah, where? And our our answer is basically you don't. You shift what you're doing to include themes that have that, women's that voices. Have women's voices in it. And that might be adding and therefore subtracting, right? So you you are going to have to subtract in order to add women's themes or reduce. Like I realize I spend a ton of time on wars in my classes, classic history teacher. Mm-hmm. And like so shift some of that. People get the idea, you know, on, yeah. on wars. High schoolers get the idea. You can shift to a woman's theme um, that or, or a theme you know, that is more inclusive. I think the big thing that you've done through all of this and showing other teachers what to bring in is that you are already talking about women and you don't know it. Right. You just have an opportunity to highlight it where it is. Yeah. And so there, a lot of the lesson plans are exactly what a teacher is already doing. Yep. But when you're talking about Ben Franklin, you talk about 
several other women that are at yep. the same time he's inventing and doing the thing. They're there. Yeah. There's women writing about him. You can still talk about Ben Franklin from a women's narrative. So there's right. all well, these opportunities. Teach, we have a lesson on our website about D-Day. And right. D-Day is funny because it, there's no women, right? Like on the beach with, with a couple exceptions. And right. so tell the story of D-Day, but have the voices telling the story be women. Like Eleanor Roosevelt wrote a beautiful piece of, yep. on D-Day. <laughs> Read it. Read it. That was what was read yeah, to I the American like- people. You have the topic. You're already doing it. Yep. Just make sure it's inclusive. Yeah. So if you're interested in our pedagogy, uh, if you're interested in our historiography, I want to send people to season one. Um, yep. Episodes one, two, and three, we really outline how to do it and, and what the barriers are and how, really how to get them in. And then every subsequent episode, we talk about the barriers to women's history and, and how to break it. Yep. But uh, don't judge us too harshly on the the sound. We didn't have Tyler back then. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have our setup like we do now, but the the content is is pretty high quality. In the the episodes are our story, um her story and history, heroes and sheroes. Those are the three episodes that we really laid out a lot of these big themes. Yep. This year I want to try to shift away from the barriers a little bit because I think the conversation about the barriers almost holds us back from learning women's history. I've been to a lot of like women's history conferences, all the TED Talks on women's history that are available online. They're great, but they're all lamenting women's history isn't in the curriculum. That sucks. And I think we need to shift away from that because there is so much scholarship being produced presently on women's history. Like if you want to be on the cutting edge, you need to be, first of all, reading that. So if you're a good teacher, you're reading that stuff and you know, you know, the stuff that's, that's being written about right now. And then, and then secondly, it's like, it's there, it's, it's Mm -hmm. there and we have to use it. And one of our board members, Barbara, she's our board chair. uh, At the end of our conference this summer, she came up to me and she was like, I have been working in the field of women's history since the 1970s. And it is so sad to me that we still have to do this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, it is. It's really sad. Um, And I mean, the nice thing is, is at the college level, there are women's studies programs. There are women's history programs. Yeah. The issue that I have with it is that it hasn't translated to the history programs. I did a, not a real, you know, scientific study, but I looked at, (laughs) the um, history requirements for the top seven colleges in New England. Yep. And they all have history majors and not one of them required a course in women's history to graduate. Oh. And with a major, with a history major. Ouch. So they better be including women's stories in every class. In every class. They don't call it out. That's that's the claim that they make, that it's included. It's inclusive. We're we're touching on women's themes. We don't need to like have a class labeled women's history. But for those of us who like have gone to college since that supposed integration occurred, we know that that didn't happen. And I went through all the elective courses that they offered mm-hmm. and read the course descriptions and <laughs> it <was> less than <laughs> 10% of the course descriptions mentioned a woman, mentioned women, Yikes. gender, sexuality, LGBTQ+, Yikes. IA, you know, like, n- yeah, it was very That should make anyone listening real uncomfortable. I think, let me spin it to the real world for you for a second. Yeah. Dial out. These are college graduates going through these programs. They are now going to come teach your children. Yeah. Best of luck. Yeah. Good luck getting this in your classrooms if they did not get it in college. Right. Right. Because college is where you learn, like, what's important and what, what should be in Yeah. There. And then you get to your, your school and you inherit what you inherit. Um, and you're a first year teacher and you sweat 
every day because you got to come up with stuff. Yeah. And you you panic and you try and figure it out. But Yeah. And you go online and you Google women's history yeah, stuff. A lot. Or you, history stuff generally. And there are lots of great tools, but a lot of the places that are my go-tos as an educator yeah. for history curriculum, really good, high-quality, current practice stuff, don't include women either. Brooke, I want to use this opportunity to sort of transition away from talking about the negativity that it's not being taught. Um, but if there's people that are listening right now and they're like, what do they mean it's not being taught? Um, I really encourage you to listen to some of season one. We talked in different episodes about the standards. Um, this is one of the ways that we can you know, measure the quality of women's history and the quantity of women's history being taught in schools. And um, looking at national standards and state standards, we know that it's not really being taught. Um, I, we talked about textbooks and we talked about teacher education programs. Um, and all of those things let us know that, that it's just really not being taught. And there's this study that was done where they, be, they looked at Orange County, um, Florida school district, and they found that uh, women's history was being taught maybe once a month or less. <laughs> so it was it was so poorly being done in schools. And so anyway, these are all things that have been on my mind this past year and have been really frustrating for me and just ugh, nauseating and yet make me feel like this is such urgent and important work. Um, and last year, I had an opportunity to meet a young woman who is going to be a, well, I guess she's a rising junior. Um, and she gave me hope. And so this isn't an interview per se, but um, I want to just share a little bit of the conversation that she and I recorded together. Um, she is a rock star. She has founded her own nonprofit to try to push her own school district. Yes, she's a high schooler. Uh, her own school district to get women's history into the curriculum. So here's a little bit of my conversation that I had with her. Hi, I'm Priscilla. I am the founder and director of my own like student-led nonprofit um, WEAR organization, which stands for Women for Education, Advocacy, and Rights. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> and you're a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, this, this concept of like women not having equal rights even now was just so interesting to me. Um, so I was like, what can I do like as a student to kind of combat that? And that's when I was like, I mean, I think that one of the most important thing is having like a community where you can kind of come together and fight for something. And that's when I was like, let's let's do it in like the form of an organization that brings together everyone and kind of amplifies the voices that haven't been so far, especially with like younger students and like high school students. Um, so that's kind of what led me to begin it, um, like looking into the whole what's the, like, where are the women in history and in general and like, what can we do as students? So WHERE, um, like I said, stands for Women for Education, Advocacy, and Rights, and basically um, is a student-led organization dedicated to gender equality and a lot of, like, women's rights and representation. And another part of it is actually, like, changing the curriculum so that they have women. <laughs> um, so um, a lot of the initiatives for that are focused on, like, direct impact. So we have, like, a petition. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do for education. And then advocacy and rights, we do like a lot of outreach and campaigning for women's rights. So like one initiative we do is like creating care packages um, for women's shelters of like menstrual products and sanitary products um, to help out. 
That's amazing. I love how your organization has seen that there's this sort of educational need and educational advocacy, but then you also are looking at like real, ser- like serious issues about access and equity in the world and the community directly around you. I think that's really powerful. And um, you, I mean, you should be so incredibly proud of the work that you're doing because like you're not, I mean, the education stuff is going to impact generations to come, but the other stuff is going to impact people right this moment. And I think that's really amazing. Um, and I also think it's just really cool as a teacher to hear (laughs) that a group of kids is like, you know what? Our education isn't doing enough. So in addition to all of our other homework, we're going to start <laughs> educational TikTok <laughs> yeah. to like educate people. And I think that I'm just so in awe of you. And if my students could be just a little bit like you, I would be so happy. <laughs> Listening to her talk and realizing that young people are so empowered and connected and know that they don't know stuff. Yeah. He's giving me a ton of hope. And it makes me really excited in thinking about our season moving forward. Here. Yeah. Um, and the work that Remedial History is doing, because what we are doing is basically saying, yeah. And for kids like that in that school system, here's all the stuff we've got and get it to your teachers. Um, And for teachers, if you have kids like her that are petitioning you and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Use our stuff. I think one of the things you had mentioned when we first started all this out is that a lot of the places that you want to go get lesson plans from, you can see like a glimpse of it, but then you have to pay for the full version and all of the documents. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry. Teachers pay for enough. Right. That should just be free. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people on teacher pay teachers, which is like, you know, you're supporting other educators, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I think it's a lot of curriculum people pushing out bogus stuff. And, and I just, I didn't want to do that. I don't want to make money off of poor educators. I want people to get the stuff they need. And the goal is get it in the classroom. It's not about making money. And so that's why we establish a nonprofit and not a private company. Right. Um, We want to establish that this, everything comes in, goes right back out. Yeah. Any money that we get from our Patreon goes right into the design, the, you know, development, the videos, anything we're up to. Yeah. It's reinvested in getting you and the listener and the educator listening more content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This podcast is sponsored by our patrons. Patrons get access to behind the scenes, regular RHP gear, bonus episodes, insights into our research, lesson plans before everybody else, and more. Brooke, read off these awesome people. Thank you to Jeff, Barbara, Christian, Kent, Jamie, Jenna, Nancy, Megan, Leah, Mark, Nicole. And Sarah, Alicia, and Katya. Woohoo! Do you know what is so awesome about this particular group of people? No, what? Very few of them are actually educators. These Ugh. are badass people who care so much about equitable and inclusive education that they are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so cool. You too can become a patron of the Remedial History Project by heading over to www patreon.com and becoming a sponsor of the remedial history project for just five dollars a month that's it that's one latte i mean it's 
It's one of something, but it's cheap. And you get all that stuff? All that stuff. You too can give up one latte for thousands of children and women. You could also buy condoms for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> you, could produ- you could produce. You could reduce reproduction <laughs> for less than that. Uh. Brooke, most importantly, instead of lamenting that women's history isn't being taught in high school or that they didn't know these women, these people are putting their money where their mouth is and they are getting it into the curriculum by funding us. It's awesome. And they believe women's stories are important. Yes. Thank you. Duh. Thanks, patrons. We love you. We do love you. So this season, we've broken the year into a few different themes Our first theme that we're going to kick off in our next episode is empresses, monarchs, and politicians in history. Awesome. This is a really important one to start with because those are the women at the top. And so oftentimes they're written about in the historic record and they're really easy to get into your classes. So that's exciting. And they're there in every era. Social reform, landmark cases and laws, women in business and science, women and war, queer women in history. This is something I'm pretty passionate about. Um, well, and we heard a lot from our listeners that they really wanted us to narrow focus on that. So yeah. I'm excited we have a whole theme around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think it's really important because in, you know, when people, a lot of times history teachers go, okay, let's get some like, you know, queer history into mm-hmm. our class. How do we do <clears throat> that? And then their go-to is still the masculine version of yeah. the gender spectrum or sexuality spectrum. And it, it drives me nuts because it's like, okay, cool. Harvey Milk was awesome. And <laughs> it's just that was my mind went again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Also, there are queer women out there that had really p- important histories that we should be learning about yeah, in, our, in our school. That's exciting. And lastly, women explorers and pioneers, and not necessarily in that order, but those are the themes that we're going we're gonna to hone in on, on this year. We are proponents of the inquiry model for social studies education, which is current practice. And I, you know, in this political climate, we really need to be teaching kids how to decipher information, how to really think about your source of information, be evidence-based in your conclusions that you're drawing. You know, it's not just like, I feel like it's this way. It's like, no, like (laughs) here's the evidence to back my feelings, right? To back whatever it is. Um, Good life lessons. Yeah, really. Like, and this is, these are life skills. And, you know, in in education, we always have this debate between skills and content and whatnot. And I think the inquiry model is both, right? You, Uh you, kids walk away with so, such rich understanding of the content because they had to do the thinking themselves. I'm a big fan of, you know, let's get students doing history rather than me just telling them history. So in that vein, we are producing inquiry-based lesson plans on our website. We also have a hub that we're launching on c3teachers.org, which is like the go-to place for inquiry-based I mean, lessons. that's huge. It's awesome. The nice thing about this is for this season, we're going to turn every episode into a question as well that you could investigate with your class. And so it'll kind of be that, that guiding tool for you to think about using the inquiry model. And inquiry is really just about asking questions and then going and finding your sources and answering them. Very exciting. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool. If you're a teacher and you're listening or you're a researcher and you're listening, always check our show notes because we post links to the resources that we've used to produce it. 
And, and that's always just a great tool. We also have links to our lesson plans on our website. Our website is packed full of a lot of really cool tools other than lesson plans. So there is a section for the lesson plans dashboard. And then for U.S. history, we have every single era of U.S. history and at least a few lesson plans for every single era. So Which we're adding to all the time. All the time. Constantly adding to. There's also really great sweatshirts and t-shirts on there that talk about feminist quotes. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> I mean, always nice. get yourself one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world page is the one that we're really going to be focusing on this year and developing. It has the least, but that is not in any way a comment on how much is available to us because there is so much out there. Right. And when we're, that's our goal this year to really hone in on the, on the world one. Yeah. Build that up. So those are there. We also, a lot of teachers love to teach with film and I feel like the go-to one is Iron Jawed Angels, which is about the women's suffrage movement. Iron Jawed Angels is great. It's one of the only films that I showed in my U.S. history class that passed the Bechtel test. And which, if you don't know, the Bechtel test is a feminist assessment for Hollywood films. Basically, it's are there two women that have names in the film, period? Um, <laughs> do they talk to each other at any point in the film? And if they do talk to each other, do they talk about something other than the male lead? And it's such an embarrassingly low bar for quote-unquote feminism, right? Like two women who exist and talk about stuff. But <laughs> it Yikes. is That's so rough. sad how few films actually pass the Bechdel test. Well, what's exciting is that is shifting quite a bit with all the female producers that are coming out in the world. It is getting better. It is still bad. <laughs> yeah. I think when you think about movies, you're also thinking from the lens of what can I show in a classroom that's appropriate and um, accurate. Yeah. Because there's probably a lot out there that's changed for Hollywood purposes. So it's hard. I think yeah. you're also going from another well, even lens. Iron Jawed Angels, there's like, they add like a whole love scene in there and Alice Paul never yeah. got married. Like, come on, cut that out. Well, I think about it from like the English teacher perspective of like the Scarlet Letter. Just don't watch the movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and even the Scarlet Letter, like that's fiction written right, you know, way exactly. after the colonial era. But I'm close to the yeah. book. <laughs> so anyway, we have a whole page on our site of um, historic films mm. that pass the Bechdel test, um, documentaries that you can use that are on women's history from both U.S. and world history. Awesome. We also have some tips on how to teach with these films in your class, and you're welcome to use them or completely disregard them. But those are there. And so we've provided you a YouTube link to the trailer, um, links to the film on IMDb. So you can check it out, learn a little bit more, see what the rating is. Because sometimes, you know, history films tend to be rated R and that's hard in some yeah, grade levels. Violence is tough. Yeah. Well, and sexual assault and things like that happen yeah. in a lot mm -hmm, of women's mm -hmm, history. So, so that's there. We also have recommended reading for educators to check out. We have all sorts of primary sources and videos that we found. You can also follow us on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Yep. And I've created playlists of videos that I found on, you can also listen to our podcast on YouTube, but I've also created playlists of videos on women's history that other people have produced that are out there and solid for you to check out with your students. So those are there. The site is just packed full of really great resources to help get women's history into the class, even if you're not down with the inquiry model or whatever. We've got other things on there for well, you. I think you do a good job of centralizing and adding resources too. Like if you're if you are looking for certain things, we don't try and claim that we're the first ones that invented it or that it's not out there. 
we send you to those places too. So it's also a really great central funnel for a lot of different sites that are talking about some really cool topics that it would take you a while to dig on the internet to find. And Kelsey's put them all in one place. All in one place. Yeah. So www.remedialherstory.com. And we're going to close out this episode, but I wanted to let everybody know we're coming up with our first theme, Empresses, Monarchs, and Politicians, starting in episode two. So welcome back, everybody. It yes, is so nice back. to be back. Welcome back. In the welcome studio. Welcome back. With Brooke. Mm-hmm. Kelsey. Yeah. Well, I'm Brooke Sullivan. I'm Kelsey Eckert. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Remedial Her Story, the other 50%. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to bring more voices to the conversation. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.